Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. As you know, I love bringing on people from all walks of life and all sorts of disciplines and philosophies. Today, we're going to deep dive into uh, the topic of health. Ultimately, without health, without energy, doesn't matter if you have uh, an incredible purpose and want to share that with the world. If you don't have the energy to do that, the health to do that as a foundation, you won't be able to uh, execute the vision in your heart that your soul has given you. So today we're going to dive into all things health. And I'm, I've been really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I saw this man speak uh, in Phoenix last year. I've been watching some of his interviews and, and what he's been sharing online. His content is amazing. I think you're in for quite a treat. He's the co-founder and chief biologist of 10X Health. So, you know, he's a, a visionary biohacking functional <laughs> medicine guru, and he's been doing this for decades. So let's go. Let's dive. Welcome, Gary. Hey, man, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on this podcast and really excited for your audience. Awesome, man. It's a, it's a real pleasure. I remember seeing you in Phoenix and you were just spouting just nonstop bombs and gems and wisdom. <laughs> it's so clear you're passionate about this stuff. Yeah, so, yeah I'm I, really excited about it. I've got endless energy for this, you know. Good, good, good. Oh. I'm really curious. You know, I'm always curious just firstly, before we dive in, like how people found their calling, how people found their purpose. Like how did you go into this field of biohacking and health and optimization and functional medicine? Like was there an event? Was there a moment? Was Was it? Your parents, yeah, like it was a very um, specific moment for me. I mean, first of all, I'm a human biologist. Um, uh, so my undergraduate degrees are in biology. All my postgraduate degrees are in human biology. But um, I went to work for a very specific division of life insurance, you know, after grad school. Um, and this division of life insurance would use mortality data um, and five years of medical records and five years of demographic data to predict mortality to the month. And mm. I get a lot of flack for that because they're like, well, if you could predict mortality to the month, you know, you would have won a Nobel Prize. You'd be Jesus. Um, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I assure you, I am not Jesus. Um, but the truth is that um, the science of mortality is some of the most advanced and accurate science in the world. And, you know, I always would say that if if the database that I had access to during in the mortality space could ever see the light of day, it would wow. permanently change the face of humanity. Wow. Well, we would upend modern medicine in a way that would be catastrophic because you see life insurance companies and mortality companies have data that that no other enterprise has. You know, no, no, no collegiate research program has the CDC doesn't have it. The government doesn't have it. Um, you know, medical foundations, hospitals don't have it. And that is that they know the day, the date, the time, the location and the cause of death for 370 million lives. And they also wow. lives know 
the medication that they're on. They know their medical history. They know um, their demographic history. They have an voluminous amount of data on these people. Whereas like, you know, a normal cardiologist or something, if you went to see them for a procedure and, uh, you know, you had a stint put in your heart, for example, and you left their office, that cardiologist doesn't really know if, you know, maybe you passed three months later, maybe you passed 30 years later, maybe it was related to the stint, maybe it wasn't. Um, but when the inf when the information on mortality is available, they can triangulate it back into the record. So we knew the exact progression of pharmaceuticals. Um, we knew the exact progression of certain nutrient deficiencies in the human body, how these would manifest eventually into certain diseases and pathologies and eventually cause somebody to succumb uh, to, to uh, you know, their uh, essentially we used to call it mature, but to pass. Yeah. And, um, and during this time, um, you know, where we had all of this information on people, it was my role to help to come up with the mortality prediction, um, which was done to the month. Mm. So five years of medical mm. records, five years of demographic data, and we were producing monthly result for when people were going to pass. And if, if, if you want to know how accurate wow. the science is, um, you know, just look at what happened during the 2008 and 2009 financial services crisis, right? We had 364 banks fail. You didn't have a single life insurance company fail. No other financial services enterprise takes the risk that a life insurance company does. No one takes risk on a single variable like that. Right. Um, so they're very, very good at predicting mortality. Unfortunately, that information does not get shared back with the general population. And, you know, we knew in the mortality space that opioids had an addictive amyloids years before, you know, people started talking about the opioid crisis. We knew that corticosteroids would first reduce inflammation, but then eat the joint like a termite mm -hmm. um, and actually increase the likelihood that you would have a joint replacement. You know, we knew that nutrient deficiencies like vitamin D3 would express as certain diseases and very often be diagnosed as a disease like rheumatoid arthritis. And, and yet we just had to watch these disease etiologies progress. You know, one of the downsides of that industry was that I was not allowed to have any contact with the patient or any contact with the treating physician. Mm. So even if I saw a life-threatening drug interaction, I couldn't contact the patient. Wow. And um, I mean, I understand the rationale behind that. I'm not licensed to practice yeah. medicine. They didn't want me jumping in the middle of the medical record. But even if we could have really materially helped somebody change their life, we couldn't contact them. Mm. And it became glaringly apparent to me that this was not just data, right? Mm. The, there were human beings on the other side of these spreadsheets. And at the tail end of my career, I would start to manipulate mortality models and say, well, what if I fix the D3 deficiency? What if I actually fix the anemia? What would that do to their lifespan? And you'd see their lifespan just jump. Wow. Uh, and it wasn't just lifespan. It was also health span. You know, how many years they had that they were not um, needing assistance with what they call ADLs, the activities of daily living, bathing, toileting, ambulating, um, um, eating or dressing. And so... I knew that the reason why most people were not living longer, healthier, happier lives were for what we called at the time, modifiable risk factors. Mm. Right? Modifiable risk factors were had I've just been able to pick up the phone and call the patient and, and, and give them some advice that could have materially changed the trajectory of their life. And so I resigned from that industry um, because of that sort of you know ethical conundrum that I was in. Yeah. And I remember I came home one day and I just told my fiance, I said, Hey, I, I just quit my job. Um, <laughs> she was like, what? 
And I said, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm tired of predicting when people are going to die. I want to help people live healthier, happier, longer lives. I want to share the information that I learned from this database with the world because it really belongs to humanity. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to mankind. And, and if we could get this information out, we could make a real change mm -hmm. in the world. And um, so about eight years ago, I started a company called Streamline Medical Group with my fiance, now wife, uh, Sage. And we, we we really, you know, encountered a lot of success. I mean, not not initially, it was a very tough first year, you know, getting a build out done and building out a clinic and just just the, you know, the the, the drones of starting a business, you know, putting in a phone line and getting internet and and signing a lease and all of that, um, trying to get qualified employees on board that I can yeah. train to actually practice the way that I learned from my mortality space. Mm. And, uh, you know, several years later, we ended up treating a patient named Grant Cardone. Um, mm. It's a pretty well-known billionaire in the, in the space, yeah. social media influencer. Um, he had such an amazing experience, such a change in his life that he said, listen, I want to, I want to buy you guys, uh, and, and put you on, on my platform. And I want to help you get this message out to the world. Mm. So in September of 2021, we, we merged with, with, uh, Cardone and we went from being streamlined medical group to 10 X health. And since then it's been like, you know, being strapped to a rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so when you were streamlined and obviously now with 10 X health, like initially, like what did you do? Because you said you want a doctor, but you want right. to share this wisdom. So like you start so a medical what clinic. Was, what I, what I, do you I, do in this medical clinic? Yeah. So I took the 74 biomarkers that um, were the most indicative of longevity, anti-aging, bio-optimization, you know, uh, that had the greatest impact on health and longevity. And I took the five genetic markers, five markers of methylation, which we can talk about in the podcast. Um and I put those into a protocol and said, and I found a physician at the time. It was the longest practicing um, anesthesiologist in Naples, Florida. I found a really phenomenal PA and um, I brought them into the practice and trained them and they were fully on board with what I was saying. So they were licensed to practice medicine. So they actually practiced medicine on the patient. I did the training um, for how to read the blood work, interpret the genetics, what supplements people needed to take. But the truth is that the majority of pathology and disease as we know it today um, does not exist. You know, what exists wow. are nutrient deficiencies in the human body mm. that lead to the expression of disease. Can you just say that again? Can you say that again? Nutrient deficiencies right. in the human body that lead to the expression of disease. Mm. You know, one, one of the interesting promises that I make sometimes from the stage uh, when I speak or even on a podcast or when I do Q and A's is I say, I'll take any ailment that, that you or a loved one suffers from ADD, ADHD, OCD, manic depression, bipolar, um, autoimmune conditions, type two diabetes. And I will tell you exactly what raw material is missing from that person's body that is causing that condition to exist. Mm -hmm. You know, we've accepted a lot of fallacies in modern medicine. You know, we think that because diseases run in families, we think that disease is familial or it's genetically inherited, which is patently false in most cases. In other words, if, if you 
um, ask most practicing physicians if they are treating patients for genetically inherited diseases, they'll say, yeah, I treat tons of patients for familial hypothyroid, familial or genetically inherited hypertension or hypercholesterolemia, hypertriglyceridemia, drug and alcohol addiction, depression, anxiety, all these things that run in families. But understand if we're treating patients for these genetically inherited diseases, we have to understand that we've mapped the entire human genome. And we know every gene in the human body. So, but no physician can tell you what gene causes any of those diseases. Mm. Because in almost every case, that gene does not exist. Wow. Which means that those diseases do not exist. You know, we have accepted such a, wow. an erosion of our baseline sense of normalcy that most of us right now, and most of the people listening to this podcast right now, regardless of how they feel, they are walking around at about 50, maybe 60% of their true state of normal. 50 they have to 60. 50 to 60%. Wow. They have no idea how good normal really feels, how amazing they could constantly feel. They've either accepted brain fog or weight gain or water retention or a poor response to exercise or lack of good sleep or waking energy or attention deficit disorder or poor focus and concentration. They've accepted these as a consequence of aging or stress or their job or their environment or their travel schedule. It's not a consequence of any of those things. Mm -hmm. It is a consequence of missing raw material in the human body. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I always talk about when I was in grad school, getting my second uh, human biology degree, and I, I uh, remember I had to take all these uh, plant botany courses, and um, which I hated, but you have to take them. So morphology of phallophytes and all these crazy classes. <laughs> but but the one thing that stood out for me from all this study of uh, plant physiology was that if you ever have an issue with a tree or a bush or a shrub. And you call a true arborist or botanist out to your house. And they look at the leaves that are rotting in the top of your palm tree. And they won't touch the leaf. The mm -hmm. first thing they will do is they will core test the soil. And then they'll say, you know what? This soil doesn't have any nitrogen in it. Mm. And they'll add nitrogen to the soil and the leaf will heal. And human beings are no different. When you deprive the human body of certain raw materials, you get the expression of disease. So for example, you know, wow. clinical deficiency in vitamin D3, the sunshine vitamin, the single most important nutrient in the human body, mm -hmm. um, you know, which 50% of the world is clinically deficient in, 85% of African-American and Latino and dark-complected populations like yourself are, are deficient in. I'm not saying you particularly, yeah. but dark-complected populations have significantly um, higher rates of D3 deficiency wow. was the second leading cause of morbidity in COVID. Wow. Completely preventable. Um, you know, D3 deficiencies, just to give you an example from my previous career, you know, we would see very often um, clinical deficiencies in this nutrient. Now, remember that vitamin D3 is the only vitamin that a human being makes on our own, right? There are hundreds of vitamins in your bloodstream right now. Mm. You are only capable of making one. It's vitamin D3. We make it from sunlight and cholesterol. The truth is most of us are not getting enough sun. It's not that we're getting too much sun. We were meant to spend 85% of our time outdoors. We now spend 97% of our time indoors. Oh and so, you know, we control our body temperature. We control our air temperature. We control the, the sunlight. We, you know, we go yeah. from a house to a covered garage, to a covered car, to a covered office. So these deficiencies, um, if they run long enough, will eventually express themselves as other pathologies. A very common mm. one is rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. 
Mm. And people that have long-term clinical deficiencies in vitamin D3 will present as if they have rheumatoid arthritis. Now they don't have rheumatoid arthritis, but mm. their symptomology is the same. If they go to the wrong physician, which happens very often, and they describe their condition, the doctor says, hey, you know what? Uh, you've got uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I'm gonna put you on some corticosteroids um, mm. and knock this inflammation down. And you know, we know that corticosteroids are initially very anti-inflammatory, but eventually they eat the joint like a termite. Wow. So they actually lead to unnecessary joint replacement. And we would see this kind of misdiagnosis in the record all the time. I'm not attacking physicians by mm -hmm. any means. I'm a big fan of modern medicine. I think we're excellent at crisis medicine. But when um, you look at studies like the Har the uh, the Harvard study on, on um, uh, medical error, you, you, you may know that modern medicine is the third leading cause of death, mm -hmm. meaning... Um, Medical error is the third leading cause of death in in this country. And it's astounding when you think that it's the third leading cause of death until you realize it's the third leading cause of death in the industry designed to prevent death. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oof. Um, if we applied that to any other industry, it would be laughable. Right? I mean, if you if you if you uh, sold uh, home security systems, but you were the third leading cause of home invasion, not too many people would buy your security <laughs> system, right? If you were, you know, if you if you were, um, uh, you know, you you made seatbelts and you were the mm -hmm. third leading cause of you know uh, vehicular death, that you wouldn't sell a lot of seatbelts. But yeah. we've accepted this in modern medicine, and we would see that patients would go in with a deficiency in D three, and their doc would say, hmm, "That sounds like rheumatoid. We're going to put you on these corticosteroids." Mm. Well, we knew in the mortality space because we tracked all of these pharmaceuticals, chemicals, synthetics, all these deficiencies. We knew that if you started corticosteroids, you had six years and one day until you were having a joint replacement. Wow. And so we would artificially advance your age six years in one day. We would schedule the joint replacement for you. And then essentially what we would do is we would begin to reduce what's called your ambulatory profile, how well you moved, right? Um, and you know, you may know that 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 sitting is the new smoking, right? I mean, the sedentary lifestyle is the leading cause of all cause mortality right now. Wow. And so as we reduce mobility, we bring in all of the diseases that exacerbate with reduced mobility. So now I'm grabbing diseases from your future and dragging them into your present that number one, you probably never would have had. And if you did, you wouldn't have had them for decades later. And so when you trace this back, you see that a nutrient deficiency misdiagnosed as a condition that you did not have required a medication that you didn't need, which forced a joint replacement that wasn't required which brought disease from your future that never should have arrived into your present. Wow. And, and I could give you hundreds of examples like this. Um, but the point being that, you know, we began to realize that there is not a single compound known to mankind, not one that we put into the human body. There's no vitamin, no mineral, no amino acid, no nutrient, no substrate of any kind, protein, carbohydrate, nothing that enters the human body and is used in the format that we put it in. Without a single exception, everything that enters our body goes through a process mm. of being refined into the usable form. Mm. This refining process is called methylation. And when it's broken, 
you have a deficiency. It is this mm. deficiency that is causing the majority of ailments that people are suffering from. And even if they're not suffering, it's causing the ailments, those little tiny anchors that are off of your stern that you're dragging through life. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I always use the analogy that uh, we pull crude oil out of the ground, right? Yep. But you cannot put crude oil into your gas tank. Right, because the car doesn't understand that fuel source. So crude oil has to be refined into gasoline and then the vehicle can run. Mm. If you couldn't refine crude oil into gasoline, the vehicle would never operate. Human beings are no different. You cannot refine certain raw materials into the usable form. The body does not recognize it. So for example, if you can't convert folic acid into methylfolate, mm. then you have a deficiency in methylfolate one of the most critical nutrients in the human body. And that deficiency expresses itself as poor gut motility. These people oh. change allergies and food sensitivities their entire life. They don't know why they have gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, irritability, and cramping unrelated to what they're eating. Mm. One day they eat something and they're fine. The next day they eat the exact same thing and they blow up like a tick. Right. Um, which by the way, right there, will proves that it's not a food allergy, right? Al food allergies are consistent. They're not transient. Um, and so, um, you know, the, the, def these deficiencies start to express themselves in the, in the body and, mm -hmm. um, gut issues is, is one of the big ones, but other ones are like attention deficit disorder, um, poor focus and concentration, ADHD, mm -hmm. you know, and, and a lot of these mm -hmm. conditions, we, we don't really talk about the root cause of them. Like, you know, attention deficit disorder mm -hmm. is actually not an attention deficit at all. Um, it's an attention overload disorder. Mm. Like it's too many windows open at the same time. Yeah. Right? People with ADD or ADHD do not lack the ability to pay attention. Mm -hmm. They lack the ability to pay attention to so many things. Mm. There's a difference, right? Because in the human mind, we don't just create thought. We also dismantle thought. Right. It's just as important to be able to break thought down as it is to create thought. So it's just as important for neurotransmitters like catecholamines to rise as it is to dismantle catecholamines. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a gene that is responsible for doing that. When it's broken, you need to supplement for its deficiency with extra magnesium, extra zinc, um, very specific class of B vitamins. And restore the normal degradation of these neurotransmitters so that your mind can quiet. Gotcha. Um, so can you just go back to the, the, just this point you made? I thought was interesting. I want to understand it. The methylation. And, yeah. and the, 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 is it that our, as human beings, our ability to, method, to, to methylate is now broken, so to speak, or yes. is not, not as effective? And if so, how do we activate, awaken, optimize our capacity as human beings to methylate? Well, so one carbon metabolism, which is also called methylation, is this process that I'm describing where you convert mm -hmm. certain raw materials into the usable form. Um, so the, the, the big one, and I use folic acid a lot because it's the most prevalent nutrient in the human diet. So let's zero in on that for a second. Um, so folic acid, uh, which by the way, is a man-made chemical. It is not a vitamin. Um, you cannot find folic acid anywhere on the surface of the earth. Okay. It does not occur naturally in nature. We make it in a laboratory. 
um, we're trying to synthesize something called folate. But so folic acid is a synthetic chemical. Um, in 1993, um, Monsanto and other pharmaceutical companies, chemical companies convinced the US federal government to spray our entire grain supply with folic acid, all mm. white flour, all white rice, all white bread, all white pasta and grains of any kind mm. are sprayed with the chemical folic acid. Only we don't call it sprayed with folic acid. We call it fortified or enriched. So you pick up a box of cereal and it says fortified whole grains, enriched bleached white flour. Okay, that means it's sprayed with this right. chemical folic acid. Well, the most common gene mutation in the world is a genetic mutation called MTHFR. It is affectionately called the motherfucker gene, but that's <laughs> not what it stands for. <laughs> you can cut that out if you want to. Um, but uh, everybody looks at it and goes, the motherfucker gene. I yeah, yeah. I, was, I was looking at the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, I'm like, it looks it. <laughs> that's why I tell people, if you ever Google about this gene, make sure you capitalize MTHFR or you yeah. will really find yourself on some colorful websites. Yeah. Um, but this stands for methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase, but that's that's not important. What it does is this is a gene that codes for the conversion of folic acid. Well, mm. since folic acid is the most prevalent nutrient in the human diet, this is a very important gene because it also, um, if it can vote, codes for the conversion of folic acid, it also codes for the most common and most necessary methylated nutrient. Mm. So if you don't have this gene working, then you have a deficiency in methylfolate. So what is the expression of that deficiency? Well, first of all, um, you know, it is one of the leading causes of postpartum depression in pregnant women. And why is that? Because what's the first thing that a pregnant woman is told by her OBGYN when she gets pregnant? Take high doses of folic acid because folic acid prevents neural tube defects. That is patently false. Folic acid doesn't prevent anything. It has to be converted into methylfolate and then it prevents a neural tube defect. And so if you can't make this conversion, like 44% of women can't, um, and 44% of men and children, roughly 44% of the population, then what happens when you get pregnant and you take a prenatal vitamin with 1400 or 1900% of the daily allowance of folic acid? You go nuts. You develop a postpartum depression. Eventually, the pregnancy ends. They stop taking the prenatal vitamin, and the symptoms go away. So they blame it on the pregnancy, not on the vitamin. Wow. And so, but if we supplemented these women with methylated vitamins, we supplement them with methylfolate. Not only would they have a healthy pregnancy, reduce the incidence of miscarriage. By the way, if your listeners are listening and they have repeatedly had miscarriages, they have to get a genetic test done to see if they have this gene mutation and start to supplement for it to offset the risk of miscarriage. Um, mm -hmm. And by the way, um, if you'd like, I'm happy to send you all of the peer-reviewed clinical studies on this if you want to attach them to the podcast, if you're listening or interested. Um, if they want to search for it, capitalize MTHFR and miscarriage, MTHFR and anxiety and gut health. Um, and ADD and ADHD, you will be astounded at what you read mm. um, when you look at the voluminous amount of scientific evidence for the deficiency in this one raw material. And I could go through a bunch of other ones. But so when you deprive the human body of certain raw materials, then you affect the function that that raw materials is involved in. Like, for example, we define 
um, depression, the common theory of depression. I happen to disagree with this, and I'll go into that in a minute. But the 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 the, the PDR uh, definition of depression is an inadequate supply of serotonin. Mm. If you are low on serotonin, according to this definition, you are by definition depressed. So you would think if the definition is low mm-hmm. serotonin, that the fix would be to raise serotonin. Yeah. That's not what we do. We take people that are depressed, we put them on SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And what these do is they essentially ration by blocking the receptor, they ration what little serotonin you have. Mm. So by definition, they never raise serotonin. So by definition, they never end depression. This is why you talk to people that have been on antidepressants sometimes for 15 or 18 years. Right. Right. My first question to them is always, well, when did you think it was going to kick in? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've been on this for 18 years. But if we understand the serotonin is made in the gut through the process of methylation. In fact, what we do to make serotonin is we take an amino acid called tryptophan. We methylate it into the neurotransmitter serotonin. Mm. Um, we do this with thyroid hormones. We methylate thyroid hormone T4 into thyroid hormone T3. Majority of hypothyroid is not an issue with the thyroid. It is an issue outside of the thyroid with the process of methylation. And so when methylation is broken, you have this deficiency. So what if you had a deficiency in the, um, the nutrients required to convert tryptophan into serotonin? Well, now you have a deficiency in serotonin. 90% of the serotonin is right here in your gut. Mm. If you don't have it here, you can't have it here. Mm. So these conditions rarely begin in the outside environment. They very often will begin in with your physiology. Wow. And, and so by, um, um, by taking a genetic test, what's called a methylation test, um, you do it once in your lifetime. Mm. You never repeat this test. It's your genes. You can do it on kids as young as as soon as they can chew and swallow. You want to talk about a materially different child in the house. If you have one of those kids that is um, Mm. a full contact sport to get them in the car to go to school in the morning, um, and then you're getting the calls home from the school saying, hey, little Johnny's not paying attention. He doesn't follow directions. He doesn't complete assignments. He seems distracted. Um, you definitely need to do one of those tests and begin to supplement for deficiency. What are some of the, the that you've seen as a whole, like as humans, what are some of the, 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 I guess, the biggest deficiencies that you tend to see in humans that we need to be aware of? So and, how, and how do we fix them and how do we supplement them? Yeah, four big ones that I see. Methylfolate and vitamin D3 are probably the biggest two and the most impactful, right? Mm-hmm. So again, D3 is the most impactful single most important nutrient in the human body. I mean, it acts more like a hormone than, than, than actually a vitamin, but it's considered a vitamin. Um, it, you know, it has a massive impact on immune function. It has a massive impact on uh, joint repair. It has a massive impact on cognitive function. There's even studies that link deficiencies in D3 to breast cancer in women. Um, and that the functional range for vitamin D3 should be between 60 and 80 nanograms. Most people are walking around at less than 30. Mm. Uh, and D3 is a very easy nutrient to supplement with. You should take it with something called K2, which will help when it transports calcium, it will help that calcium deposit into the bone and not into the arterial wall. I think just about everybody that's not working outside as a landscaper or something else should be taking a vitamin D3 supplement. Wow. Um, the truth is that 50 to 85% of the world's population is clinically deficient in D3. And if you're dark complected, it's even more important than you supplement because you're 
very likely not getting enough sunlight. Mm -hmm. um, and the second big two are um, B12, which is also a light metal. You know, vitamin B12 is the is is, is the cobalt metal. When we put it into the body, we call it cobalamin. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, the most common form of B12, like folic acid, is a synthetic form of B12 that we also make in a laboratory. It doesn't mm. occur anywhere naturally in nature. It is called cyanocobalamin. If you're oh. listening to this podcast and that's in any of your energy drinks or your supplements or your vitamins, please throw them in the trash and get one that has methylcobalamin. Mm. Uh, so, um, because methylcobalamin, like adenosylcobalamin and hydroxycobalamin, the three other forms of B12, occur naturally in nature everywhere. They're very bioavailable to our bodies. Mm. Um, cyanocobalamin cannot be used by the body until the body converts it. And many people have an issue with this conversion process. Mm. And so, um, so that would be another big one. And the other one is the complex of B vitamins, right, which you commonly heard of. May not know their names, but riboflavin, thiamine, niacin, panathenic acid, um, the the big B complexes, because these are the main nutrients your body uses to methylate, right? Methylation is either breaking something down or converting it into the usable form. And then the final one is something called glutathione, which is the number one antioxidant in the human body. Um, it resides inside of every single cell in your body. In fact, every living cell in your body contains glutathione, every mm. single. Um, there's not a single cell in your body that does not contain glutathione. There are tests that you can do to see how long a cell is going to live by its concentration of glutathione. Wow. It's one antioxidant in the human body that nobody's heard of. It's actually manufactured by the liver. The liver is also one of the biggest consumers of glutathione. And this is the, this is the methylated nutrient that eliminates waste. Mm -hmm. And so- you know, when, when I've been on this massive journey for an anti-aging, longevity, optimal health, and and you get into some of these exotic things like red light therapy and yeah. PF, um, which I'm also happy to talk about. I'm huge fans of those. Um, oxygen therapy, stem cells, exosomes, yeah. all of what I would call kind of the advanced exotic things. Yeah. Before we get there, we just have to talk about the basics. Right. Right. Sunlight, grounding. Mm. breath work, supplementation, mm. and clean whole foods. Mm. Just the absolute basics. A foundation. The, a foundation, because the further we get from those, the sicker we become. And also, um, you know, because you don't have a disease does not mean that you're optimal. You know, none of, none of my clients come to me to be average. I've never had a phone call where someone's like, Gary, I'm going to my case. And I just... I like to be like a good C, you know, <laughs> like, I just want to get by, you know, I just don't want to die and I don't want to have diabetes or I don't want to have heart disease or something, but and modern medicine is very good at that. Looking at your labs and saying, Hey, you don't have any pathology. Come see me next year. Whereas to optimize your physiology, we really need to talk about things like additional sodium intake, balancing your hormones to raise your red blood cell count, your hemoglobin. You know, when we look at blood work, we look at three main categories. We look at hormone balance, nutrient deficiencies, like the ones I just talked about, and glycemic control. How well are you controlling your blood sugar? Because the truth is, blood sugar and inflammation is the root of all evil. You will not find a single disease etiological pathway that is not directly linked 
to blood sugar or inflammation. Mm. I'm hard pressed to find a practitioner that could name pathology that does not have inflammation or blood sugar at its roots. And so learning to manage those things, which is relatively simple and inexpensive, um, is the greatest way to restore that foundation of optimal health. And then by all means, you can add more exotic things like NMN and red yeah. therapy and um, stem cells uh, and stem cells and PEMF. Can you talk a bit, can you talk a bit about, before we go to a bit more exotic, can you talk a bit about the foundation of like diet? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on diet. What are, for those listening in that they're like, yeah, I want to supercharge my health a bit more. I want to get the foundation solid so I can grow. What are some of the things that health-wise are, are core foundational things that you okay, found? Okay, so, so um, first and foremost, of diet. and the most important is not whether you're vegan, paleo, keto, um, raw food, um, uh, vegetarian, right, or, mm-hmm. or carnivore, right? All of those can be great for different people at different times. What matters the most is that you're eating clean, whole foods, Mm. See, it's not actually the food that's the issue. It's the distance from the food to the table, right? It's the industrial processing that's the, you know, I I get censored on Instagram all the time for like beating up seed oils and people are like, well, canola oil is not bad for you. And I go, well, you're right. Canola oil is not bad for you. But when you take a canola plant and you put it in a commercial press and it comes out gummy and Mm. you degum it with hexane, which is no neurotoxin. And then you take that degummed oil and you heat it to 405 degrees and you turn it rancid. And now you have a putrefied rancid um, uh, cytotoxic oil. And then you deodorize it with sodium hydroxide, which is a very well-known carcinogen. And then you have a cloudy oil that you bleach with industrial chlorine, and then you bottle it, and then you put it on the shelf. Now, <laughs> that's that, the- that doesn't sound so good. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's why I tell people you need four oils to cook with and two oils to eat with. You know, you need a grass-fed butter, a ghee butter, uh, uh, coconut oil, uh, and a, or a tallow to cook at high temperatures. They don't denature at high temperatures. And you need an extra virgin olive oil and an avocado oil for room temperature. You can add other oils. I'm not saying that there are, you know, flax seeds and, and, and black seed oils are not good. I'm just saying the basics that everybody can access that are widely available everywhere, coconut oil, olive oil. Avocado oil, or by the way, coconut and and um, uh, and the grass-fed butters and the um, tallow are used for cooking, um, and the olive oil and avocado oils at at room temperatures, as long as they're true, real, organic oils. So, you know, the, the first thing is to make sure that we're eating whole foods, so processed foods, um, and genetically modified foods are horrible for you. I just did an entire symposium on genetically modified foods. I'm happy to actually put the links to that research too, if you'll remind me. That would be great. I'll show you the progression of clinical studies from the early 2000s when the GMO food industry really started to take off until Mm. we got into the 20 teens when research finally made its way from animals to humans into the 2020s where we have plenty of research in humans showing that these genetically modified foods were genetically modified to resist glyphosphates, right? They were done to resist poisons. So when you Mm -hmm. genetically modify the seed, so it can't be killed by a deadly poison and you allow the plant to absorb that poison and the seed to survive, the genetic modification process renders that food non-digestible. Not only non-digestible, but since it's a foreign GMO substance, there's indications now that it's actually altering the human genome. Mm. And so 
Um, and these are not expensive things to do to get GMO foods out of your life, mm -hmm. all fluoride and tap water out of your life, complete stop, come to a complete stop on tap water. I mean, they, mm -hmm. they, I did another symposium on, on, on fluoride. There is no safe level of fluoride in 3,600 municipalities around the country. There was an inverse relationship between the amount of fluoride and your IQ. So wow. as fluoride in the water went up, IQ went down. Mm. Um, it is neurotoxic and now even questionably um, used for the protection of enamel. Wow. Um, and it provides just a, what's called a nanoparticulate layer, which is really no protection at all in fact right on the label of a fluoride toothpaste it says if you swallow it call poison control yes wow you and if you're going to call poison control um for two mls of toothpaste and you drink six times that in a oh deal yeah tap water why wouldn't i call poison control after i drink from the tap i have a quick question about the food so like like you travel a lot okay you go around yeah. just speaking like how do you eat how do you eat? I mean, you, um, you do you take your food with you? Take a whole fridge with you, or you you go to a restaurant? Do you eat in a restaurant? Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I eat in a restaurant. I'm not that guy. Um, how, how do you discern? So what I do is I try to avoid any way that they could actually cook the um, food in a in a in a seed oil. So I don't order anything that's cooked in seed oil. So I'll order grass fed, or or, or I'll order a ribeye or fish or a chicken, and I will specifically ask them not to cook it in in oils if they can to use butter. Um, uh, so most restaurants are, now anything that is deep fried is just out the window because they're deep fried in palm oils, peanut oils, and canola oils. Those are, those are gone. Yeah, those are terrible for you. But you can eat clean whole foods in restaurants too. Um, um, and I eat a lot of meat, fish, chicken, eggs, avocado, coconut oil, olive oil, nuts. I mean, a lot of those things, um, especially, peak, I mean, especially um, uh, pistachios and, and macadamia nuts because they're the lowest in what's called linoleic acid. Um, but you'd be surprised how free I am to actually eat and travel. You know, I have a, I have a couple of travel rules. I have a hard and fast rule that I don't uh, I don't eat on airplanes um, unless it's an international flight. So on all domestic travel, I'm fasted. Um, oh, wow. If you're listening to this podcast, trust me, you can fast on an airplane even yeah. from New York to LA. You yeah. can. Mm -hmm. um, so I just hydrate or have black coffee on on airplanes, it is a game changer. Just remember the amount of blood in your system is fixed. It cannot be here and be here at the same time. Mm. Digestion is a very blood and oxygen intensive process. So when you're traveling, you have to choose between your energy level or your hunger. And being a little bit hungry is okay. You know, aging is the aggressive pursuit of comfort. We mm. so aggressively seek comfort, you know, in this country that we are accelerating our age. Most yeah. people not just take a cold shower, much less a cold plunge. Even mm -hmm. after I tell them all the voluminous benefits of it, you don't have to go out and spend five or seven grand on a cold plunge. You can just turn the cold water on, stand in it for a minute to three minutes, raise your mood, elevate your emotional state, activate brown fat, cause a vasoconstriction mm -hmm. that fills the core mm -hmm. oxygen, drives oxygen to the brain, mm -hmm. floods the liver, lung, pancreas, kidneys with vital oxygen. Um, and conditions your vascular system, but most people, because they seek comfort more aggressively, yeah. seek optimal health, they mm. won't do that. We don't like to be even marginally hungry now. We eat on our way through the airport. We want to get onto the airplane. We eat as soon as we get off the airplane. We snack on the way to the hotel, and then we eat dinner when we get to the hotel. Mm. And uh, so I try to eat um, two to three whole meals a day. Um, and if I'm in an area where there's not good food, I'll fast, not good for weeks but i'll fast on airplanes mm -hmm. um 
I also observe some other travel rules that I, it's funny. I never hear anybody talk about this, but it's yeah. the way to adjust to a time zone. Um, so this, this week, for example, tomorrow I leave for Dallas. I'm speaking at an event called the Ivy bash in Dallas, 2,500 people. And then the next day I go to Vegas. Um, I have Steve Aoki on a podcast. Then the following day I go to, um, uh, LA to interview Stephen A. Smith. And the same day, I take a nonstop flight from LA nonstop to Dubai. Wow. So from Miami, going to Texas, then Vegas, then LA, then Dubai. So um, that seems super intense, but um, I, I take hydrogen water with me. I have a hydrogen water um, filter, filter, a little hydrogen water bottle. Um, hydrogen water, by the way, is the best water you can put in a human body. And um, I will take a bag of uh, nuts, pistachios, and um, um, grass-fed beef jerky. And I also travel with uh, macadamia nuts in case I really get mm -hmm. hungry. Mm -hmm. And I'll fast on airplanes. Um, I'll hydrate. I schedule all of my travel around exercise and sleep. So yeah. I don't take brutally early morning flights. I mean, I'll miss a podcast or a meeting or an event if I have to take a 5 a.m. flight um, because I I don't like to compromise my sleep, mm. um, but I can keep up a pretty intense travel schedule by doing that. Mm. And then when I travel, obviously on my way to Dubai, I'll eat on the airplane. Um, and do you eat the airplane food? I, I will eat what they have. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. On, uh, you know, Emirates, Emirates is pretty Not good. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, eat so they, bad. I'll eat what they give me on the plane, but usually I will stick to fats and proteins. Got it. And you mentioned water. Can you talk a bit about water? Because I know water is so important. Like, what, what should we be like this? You go to the, the Whole Foods, you go to an Air One, there's so much water to pick from. You don't know what. Yeah, to so pick let's from. talk about that. So, 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 you know, water works like this. So, first of all, you know, we know that um, the pH range of the body is very narrow, right? It's only about five tenths of a point. <clears throat> so, but being towards the alkaline end of the scale is a disease-free state. You may have heard that cancer cannot thrive in an alkaline environment. And that's true for a whole host of diseases, right? Um, the more alkaline we are, the more inhospitable we are to disease. Mm. But the question is, how do we become alkaline? Because the biggest fallacy ever sold to the public was that you could get alkaline by drinking alkaline water. That is patently false. Um, it's buffered by... Um, by the acid in the stomach before it even passes into the duodenum, you cannot change the pH of the blood by drinking alkaline water. Um, so if you want to drink alkaline water, it's great. Um, but just know that you're not doing anything to alkalize the body. Um, if you drink too high of a pH of water too much, you will actually ruin the stomach acid. You'll get very sick. You'll get hyperalkalosis. Mm. Um, so drinking alkaline water is not um, the secret. What type of water is, is best for you? The most widely available one that I would recommend is Mountain Valley spring water. Yeah. Um, bottle. Mm -hmm. That is by far, it has the best nutrient content, the best average pH. Um, it is the cleanest water and it has vital minerals and nutrients that mm -hmm. you're not getting from uh, regular water, certainly not from like a distilled water. So Mountain Valley is huge on my list. If I can find that, my refrigerator is stock full of it. Yeah. Um, and then I also travel with a, um, send you a link to this too. I travel with a high, um, oh, a wow. high water bottle. So what I do is I um, take your um, bottle water, just put it in there. You hit a little button. Oh, wow. And it basically hydrogenizes the water. You see it? 
Incredible. Yeah. There's a whole class of bacteria in our, in our gut called hydrophiles. This will help you absorb the um, supplements that you're taking. It will help you digest food. It actually helps kill a bacteria called Helicobacter pylori, which is one of the leading causes of ulcers um, in the stomach. Um, it, um, um, it can hydrate you better. And because there are excess ions in here, it can alkalize the body, unlike just purely alkaline sure. water. And you can and take so, any water and put it in there if needed, ultimately. Any water. You know, my preference is to put Mountain Valley in there, but yeah, yeah. you could put any water in there. In a desperate measure, you could put tap water in there. Mm. Um, I don't do that, but you could. <laughs> you could in there. Um, and um, so, you know, water can be, you know, really performance enhancing. You know, one of the worst things you can drink is tap water. The second worst yeah. thing you can drink is distilled water. Um, mm. Because remember, distilled water is 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 devoid of any of the nutrients, electrolytes. And so it will actually rob them from the tissue. The other thing that people don't realize about hydration is that sodium is very important. Um, you know, there's a big myth that sodium is very dehydrating. It's actually mm -hmm. not true. Um, just imagine that you were so dehydrated right this moment that you ended up in the emergency room. Um, the very first thing they would give you is a saline yeah. IV. Yeah. Why would they give you a saline IV if saline is dehydrating? Well, because it's not. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about salt in your food. I'm talking about sodium in your water. Um, in fact, um, there's an excellent clinical study out on migraine headaches. And my personal experience with chronic migraine patients is that 85% of them can be put into permanent remission just by adding Celtic sea salt to their drinking water. Wow. So it's amazingly simple, but you have to understand that, you know, we're not hydrated when we have water in our blood. We are hydrated when we have water in our tissues. And what determines whether or not the water leaves the blood and enters the tissue and the junk from the tissue leaves the tissue and enters the blood is mm. the sodium gradient. It's called osmosis um, or the osmotic gradient. And if you think about the brain, right, first of all, the brain has no pain receptors. So the brain's not capable of sending a pain signal. Right. Mm. Uh, this is why once you get through the skull, brain surgery is painless. But but um, there is a covering over the brain, like a saran wrap almost. And it's called the dura. And the dura is fraught with pain receptors. Wow. And the dura hates two things. It hates being stretched and it hates being contracted. And what determines whether it's stretching or contracting is the sodium gradient. This is why most migraine headaches occur in the morning when people are the most dehydrated after right. being strongest from drinking. They've respired all night. They've lost body heat all night and they wake up with a headache and it eventually turns into a migraine. Um, very safe to add a pinch of Celtic sea salt, not pink Himalayan, but Celtic sea salt to your drinking water could change the trajectory of wow. your life. Like every glass or every liter, or is there a certain amount? Or? Yeah, every glass. You know, in the morning, um, you know, if you have 10 ounces of water in the morning, um, take just a good finger pinch of Celtic sea salt, put it in there, stir it up. You can even take the Celtic sea salt crystals and just put them on your tongue and, mm -hmm. and drink um, and drink water. Sodium, um, you know, when you, when you do a blood test, there's a section of the blood test called the comprehensive metabolic panel. In all comprehensive metabolic panels, you will see sodium. You want your sodiums to be above 140. Wow. As they get lower, you approximate muscle cramps. You start you know, waking up a few times a month and then a few times a week with a mild headache. Um, it takes you longer to get the motor going. And essentially what happens to our satiation, that, that drive to drink, is after we deprive the body of water for a prolonged period of time, um, it removes the sensation for thirst. So mm -hmm. most people that are very dehydrated have no sensation to drink. They can go an entire day without drinking water. Mm. Wow.
just okay. suggestion made me want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. A lot of times I'll take patients when I see that they're low on sodium, I go, you, you're clinically dehydrated. Um, and you go, you can go an entire day without drinking water. They're like, oh my God, how did you know that? Um, so I have them just start adding pink or sorry, adding uh, Celtic sea salt to the drinking water in the morning and it goes away in 48 hours. Wow. Wow. Um, one more question. Um, yeah, sure. I feel like I could talk to you. Uh, you're a fan of knowledge, man. I really appreciate. Oh, thank you. Your, your, the generosity of what you're pouring into to everyone today. Um, I remember seeing Grant Cardone, was it 10 years ago, six years ago, whenever it was. Yeah. He looked a certain age. Obviously, you worked with him. He looks yeah. 10 years younger. You know, she was a Dana White. Yeah, Dana White. Looked a certain way. Now looks shredded and healthy. And yeah. so I want you to see if you can, you know, just with the, with the limited time we have, if you could give a little protocol breakdown, a kind of mini condensed crash course of, for those that like, Gary, I, I, I want the super anti-aging protocol. I want to be 15 years younger, you know, <laughs> in a year. Like, what are some of those super things I should be doing? Those, those, those amazing things I need to be doing. Like, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Here's, here's, here's a, you know, obviously it's not individualized, but it's a protocol. Yeah. Like red light, whatever it is. Like, do these things, and you're gonna see, you, you're gonna reverse your aging radically. No question. So let me start with what you can do for free that every listener yes. that's listening to this podcast could implement in their life tomorrow morning when they wake up, not when not buying my ebook, not getting yeah. on some fancy supplements, and certainly not dropping 150 grand on a light bed like you know Dana and Grant did. Yeah. So the first thing and the most important thing is your morning routine. And I'm talking about a very short morning routine. Um, and if you really want to build your self-confidence, um, just the little micro wins that you give yourself every day have an enormous impact on your emotional state, right? Telling yourself, I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock and then going to bed at 10 o'clock. Um, telling yourself you're going to spend eight minutes doing breath work. I'm going to work out for 15 or 20 minutes. And then accomplishing that, that will do more for your own internal self-esteem and your emotional state. And I'll go through, I could come back on another podcast and I'll talk about the neurocircuitry in the brain and why it's important to do that. So, my morning routine is is what I call unforgiving. I, I don't think that I've missed this in at least 38 or 39 straight months. I haven't missed a single day. I will miss a commercial flight to not miss doing this. Um, so I wake up in the morning. I have 10 ounces of water with Celtic sea salt. It's easy to travel with Celtic sea salt. Do it anywhere in the world. I also have hydrogen water. I wake up. I have 10 ounces of water. You can have your coffee. Um, and immediately go out preferably at first light expose your skin to sunlight during the first 45 minutes of the day the first 45 minutes of the day is called first light there's no uva there's no uvb rays no damaging rays from the sun but there is the blue light that creates vitamin d3 it also resets cortisol and melatonin receptors it's known to enhance your mood and take your shirt off if you're a man or a woman you know hold your top if you're a woman Get out in the sun. I don't care if it's cold. I don't care if it's hot. And I really don't care if it's raining, right? Aging is the aggressive pursuit of comfort. So just deal with it. And do three rounds of 30 breaths. In other words, sit comfortably, preferably face the sun and do three rounds of obnoxiously deep breaths, 30 of them. In through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the it mouth. It doesn't matter if you go through the nose or through the mouth, just get the air in. Got it. And on your 30th breath, exhale, 
and hold that as long as you can. The main vasodilator in the body is not nitric oxide. The main vasodilator in the body is carbon dioxide. By raising our carbon dioxide levels, we vasodilate in our bloodstream. And then you take a deep breath in, you hold that breath as long as you can, you let it out and you start again. I would encourage you to start with 10 breaths, three rounds of 10, go to three rounds of 15, then three rounds of 20, 25, till you get to 30. Um, when I started, I could only hold my breath for 30 seconds between rounds. Wow. Now I hold my breath for four minutes wow. between rounds. Wow. So three rounds of 30 breaths, expose your skin to sunlight. And in the morning, the last thing you do before you get out of the shower is turn it as cold as it will go. Step out of the stream, lather up to your soap and wash your body, rinse off, step out of that stream, turn it as cold as it will get. If you do not have a cold punch, turn it as cold as it will get, let it get nice and cold, and then just step into that stream and deal with it for a minute to three minutes. Mm. That short routine, in addition to your workouts or whatever you're doing, just that short routine, I promise, will change the entire trajectory of your life. Wow. Amazing. Folks, you heard it. The man himself. Is there now, if folks want to, they, they're like, okay, now, is there an advanced thing? Is there, what, what else can we add? Can we want to go next level. Um, now you start um, looking at your blood work and you get a genetic test. You stop supplementing for the sake of supplementing and you start supplementing for deficiency. Uh -huh. um, you can get the test through me. You can get it through other places. I do it at 10xhealthtest.com. You do it once in your lifetime. It's 600 bucks. You get a cheek swab. You send it to a lab. They send you back the results and it tells you exactly what to supplement with. If you want me to supplement with you, you can click a button and I'll drop the supplements right to your front door. Wow. Well, my reason for being on this podcast is not to sell supplements. So I don't want to make it yeah. turn it into a sales pitch, but you're welcome to do the test through me. Um, you also want to get these 74 biomarkers in your blood checked. Look at your hormone balance, your glycemic control, and your nutrient deficiencies. Mm. If you have that information and you balance hormones, you normalize nutrient deficiencies, and you get blood sugar under control, and you are supplementing for the sake of deficiency, not supplementation, then you can stack on top of that something called the superhuman protocol. And this mm. is where you're going to be out of pocket, but you're going to buy a PEMF mat pulse electromagnetic field mat. This is what will alkalize your body. You want to make the body alkaline, you run a low Gauss current through the body, right? Mm. pH stands for potential hydrogen. It is a charge. If you want to change the charge in the body, you're using magnetic low Gauss current and it will make you alkaline. And the second thing you do is you, you get something called hypermax oxygen. This is EWAT, exercise with oxygen therapy or multi-step oxygen therapy. Two-time Nobel laureate prize winner in medicine is the one that developed EWAT. Um, at his time, he claimed to have cured the top 200 diseases of his day using exercise with oxygen therapy. Mm -hmm. um, it's 10 minutes of breathing um, high amounts of oxygen while you mildly exercise, and then you get a red light therapy panel or red light therapy bed. If you're buying a red light therapy panel or you're getting a red light therapy bed, again, you can get these through me. You do not have to. You want to make sure that you have wavelengths of 680 nanometers, 720, 810, and 940, specifically those 680, 720, 810, and 940. Cells behave in a very specific way to light. And if you mm -hmm. want to charge your mitochondria, you use those wavelengths um, to penetrate the skin absolute game changer if you wow. do that wow 
amazing for folks that's the shoot superhuman protocol gary i've loved this uh conversation man i really yeah. do um, i wish you so much blessings and energy is so clear to me that you are living your purpose and you're impacting people and people need this information and knowledge and so i'm really trusting that people listening in today are blessed by all that you shared and get to implement uh just 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 the the way you've poured into us what's the best way people can connect with you and find out about 10x health and uh, please give the link to the launching on tuesday called the ultimate human podcast um so you know lots of your favorite celebrities are going public about their relationship with me dana white um uh steve harvey uh, Stephen a smith steve aoki steve will do it all the steves (laughs) um you know uh lots of other folks that you'll recognize and then i interview some of the top leading phds that are my um idols on water on resveratrol um you know leading researchers that are doing um breaking ground on new cancer research like dendritic cell vaccines i talked to the number one phd on exosomes and stem cells because i think those are also modalities people should have access to um, and then I have an Instagram, which is just my first and last name at Gary Brecca. And all I do is teach on Instagram. Um, yeah. you know, don't, it's not a platform for selling. It's just a platform for me to deliver information because I realize this information does not belong to me, mm. you know, it really belongs to humanity. Mm. And, um, so it belongs to you guys and, uh, it, you know, I'm blessed enough to have it flow through me. So I try to do as much as I can to pick topics and make, um, transformational information so people can take it and practically put it to use in their in their life that day. Amazing. And then the the 10x health is it 10xhealth.com people can 10x find it. 10xhealthtest.com. So it's the number 10, 10 the letter X healthtest.com. You awesome. can get my light beds and my the supplements that I've personally designed those took years, two and a half years just to design the multivitamin. That multivitamin will change your life. Um, wow. You know, um, it's it just patently true. Um, and, that, and that multivitamin is not something that that's something anybody can take, right? Anybody can take that. And I dose it by weight. So if you're 100 pounds or less, you take one. If you're 100 to 150 pounds, you take one in the morning, one at night. If you're over 150 pounds, you take two in the morning and one at night. If it doesn't change your life, send it back to me. I mean, I'm going to get it. Gonna it, get is, it. it is the most um, incredible um, combination of methylated nutrients. And then I put all of the cofactors that go with those nutrients. So it was decades of research, but it was two and a half years mm. for me to source the raw material because I refused to source from China because I didn't want um, heavy metals yeah. in there or yeah. fused to your certain binders and fillers. And I had to license certain products because people that did the research that deserve the credit, I gave them credit on my label. Wow. Um, you know, so if you had the best methylfolate and you proved serum concentration, stability, sterility, potency, um, and you had human studies and you paid for those studies, I went to you and said, hey, I want to license your raw material, wow. give you credit on my label, but I want your ingredient in my multivitamin. That's, That's really what took the two and a half years or else, you, you know, you can go to a manufacturer and just source those ingredients, yeah. Yeah. get yeah. the licensed materials that are in there. They're very, very difficult to get. Amazing. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, checking out your multivitamin myself. Uh, Folks, you heard it from Gary Brecker. Uh, As you can tell, he's a founder of knowledge. We're going to put all all of his links in the show notes. Check out his information. Check out the uh, 10xhealthtest.com. Send me an email, coopblackson at coopblackson.com. I want to know your key takeaways from today's episode. Share today's episode with everyone in your life that you feel would benefit, which I think is pretty much everyone. Catch you next week. Thank you so much. Love now. 
If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.